It's Friday the 23rd of October, people. We're hoping to steer football back onto sensible streets. It's the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Jim Campbell. And what better team to steer football back onto Sensible Street? Mm. Yeah. Luke, Jim and Luke. I'm feeling sensible. Yeah, you got you? your top bottoms on, Ooh, yes. mate. Absolutely. <laughs> and your tie on. Are, we, are you two the two most sensible ones here in, in, on the ramble, do you think? I don't know. I think we're in trouble if we are. Mark is quite sensible. What are we like? Uh, yeah, Mark is, Mark is quite sensible, yeah. Yeah, so maybe. How, how can t- you tell what is it, the glasses? Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. That's, that's how I judge is. people, yeah. <laughs> if I see someone with glasses, I go, oh, they're clever. Ooh, yeah. They're good at math. That is yeah. actually the... That's what I do sometimes, you know, if I have to wear something really, really um, um, smart at yeah. work, I wear, wear glasses, glasses to good just idea. really yeah. back up the chat. I yeah. should really wear contacts more because I think people assume I'm a lot more intelligent than I am yeah. just because of my glasses and reasonable vocabulary. I don't assume that because I know... You. Well, quite, yeah. yeah. Um, before we get into it, can I just do this? Uh, a great episode of On the Continent was recorded yesterday and is out now. The only place you need to go for European football chat. Dotton and Andy were joined by Nicky Bandini to discuss PSG's underwhelming performance against Manchester United in the Champions League. Zlatan leading Milan into a bold new era. Nicky is particularly excellent on that, as you'd expect. And the amazing story of Shakhtar Donetsk after they humbled Real Madrid this week. Search Football Ramble Presents wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode of On the Continent, as well as other exciting things like the book club with Kate and occasionally Jim, by the way, uh, at the match. Well, we went to Peckham Town most recently. It was brilliant. And our first Ramble meets with a big, big name is out next week at the first one of the new season. So check that out. Football Ramble presents wherever you get your podcasts. Certainly will. I could tell that Dotson had been in because the headphones that I'm using are much big on a much bigger setting than I tend to have them because of all Mm. his brains. I remember when we used to have revisiting in the studio with the two Lauras and Laura Kirk sit in my seat and she's got, I think, a very tiny head. And so when I put the headphones back on, I felt like I was going to break them, putting them back over my massive melon. So (laughs) headphone chat, headphone chat. That's because of all your brains as well, isn't it, Lee? You'd you'd think that, but that's bullshit. That's the secret of intelligence, though, as we were just saying, is uh, how long it takes to be found out. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 13 years and counting. 13 years. And and you've not got to the bottom of this... Genius well, to my left. Some would argue that we're found that every week. <laughs> we, just, we just keep getting back on that yeah. horse. And some do argue that, sometimes mm. in our mentions. Yeah. Oh, guys. Well, I think you're both very clever and good looking. Thanks, and mate. Charming. Thank Thanks. You. As we monikered you earlier, Kate Disgrayson. <laughs> Jim, was that laugh that much last time. <laughs> she was fuming earlier. Yeah, furious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I heard it, to be honest. I think I was fuming about my. Uh... My prolonged journey in. Yeah. Anyway, the less said about that, the better. Late Mason. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> she's not dead. Okay, well, she's here. <laughs> the, the late Kate Mason. It's taken a turn already. <laughs> I thought that was the name of the new show. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's get to some weekend football, shall we? The big question for me is, are we going to get the average goals per game below three? I hope not. No, I would hope not as well. I yeah. hope not as well. Good, I'm glad um, we're all in agreement on that. The thing yeah. about the goals per game, right, is that for years, people have been saying it couldn't be done in the Premier League. It couldn't go above three as an average for a season. And I still don't think it will because football generally, unlike other sports where they basically, you know, like NBA, they've basically ramped up the number of scoring opportunities points, yeah, and the yeah, points yeah. that you can get over time. Football's been steadily against that for years and years. Yeah. years. It didn't um, seem to make any difference. And then, VAR's bam! VAR's trying, isn't it? Oh, bless uh, them. Individual atoms offside, well, choking off goals. Can't stop so that average nine going pens. Up. Isn't that curious, though? Because it is, it, you'd think, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's because of the penalty thing and because of the way that there's no fans in the stadium. But also, it's disallowing a lot of goals that wouldn't have otherwise been disallowed. So it should even out, you'd think. But interestingly, I think I'm right in saying... I haven't got it in front of me, but I think I read earlier this week that the goals per game in the championship is actually going down. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And also, most American sports, if not all of them, the viewing figures are going down in quite a dramatic way in some cases. Right. So it's kind of interesting how you think, well, NBA is more exciting because more people are scoring points. Maybe people are just going, oh, whatever, another basket, fed up Mm. of it. You know, so you never know. That is quite the, that seems to be the kind of American way with sport, doesn't it? Last season, though, in the Premier League, two point seven two goals per match on average. Was that the most, or was it the season before? Recently, anyway, it's been it's been the most, and that has been a whole goal lower. The season before game. was two point eight two. That was the one, wasn't okay. it? When so it was we're the getting most. there. Yeah. We're, well, we're close already, is what I mean. Yeah. Can can it continue? 
realistically? I mean, there is this kind of silly season sense at the moment, isn't there? And I, you do get periods of that every now and then where everyone's like, oh God, the Premier League's amazing at the moment. You tend to get a couple of bubbles like that a season maybe. But all of these weird circumstances and the fact that the two teams that have been so dominant in the last couple of seasons suddenly look a bit shaky at the back... Mm. You know, might we be in for this absolute carnival this season? Do we need fans back? Are we the problem? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> Are fans Get the problem? Out. Yeah. I think we need less fans in the game. Yeah. yeah. Right. Fewer. Whatever it is. Um, the, the, the interesting I find is that this kind of conversation is a much the more... The interesting I find. <laughs> is that what I said? Yeah. I thought I said the interesting thing I find. Did I not say that? The interesting I find... <laughs> You're a dog. <laughs> <laughs> much football. I find much football much wow. Explain smallness and patat. <laughs> anyway... Anyway, anyway, it's very difficult to know what you're going to get. And what I mean by that is... Um, it's unscripted drama, mate. It it's is. It's Premier League. What but can you expect? It, but it didn't used to be. <laughs> the point is they used yeah. to say it was unscripted drama, but it wasn't. Every, Watch the football. Every, it's going to move. Every three months, Burnley would get a 1-0 over someone. Yeah. And that was, oh, anyone could beat anyone. Yeah, yeah. But now, you never know what you're going to get. Take Leicester, for example, who I'm sure we're going to talk about a bit later. Um, they win well last night in the Europa League. A few weeks ago, they beat Man City in pretty good fashion, yet they turn in a couple of stinking results. You yeah. never know what you're going to get. A couple of stinkers. And the fan thing is is fascinating because people have also been arguing that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a truncated pre-season, it's fitness, which means it's causing concentration problems, which is causing errors. But to me, it feels like if you're a striker in the Premier League and you're through on goal away from home, is it easier now to score or harder? It's much easier. Yeah. But you haven't got anyone shouting, shoot! So that's, how do you yeah, know what to do? You've well, shoot! Got, yeah, you can true. probably hear your teammates better as well, but, actually shouting, well, some shoot Some of them are nutters. It depends who your teammates mad. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think also, weirdly, given how early we are in the season, because of this truncated pre-season, a long summer... Um, is there a chance that, you know, we're however many games in and the players are already a bit fatigued? So if you've got a slightly fatigued defence because they've not had a proper pre-season, of course they're going to leave. Are you goals. already fatigued? Uh, yeah. It's like, there's too much. There's too much football. Absolutely I am. Don't you tell anyone. Talk of super European Premier Mega Leagues. Like, <laughs> That's our secret. Don't the... tell people that there's too much no. football. We're peddling the football. <laughs> That's true. Jim, you've lost a lot of weight and you're in much better shape than you've ever been. So mm. how fatigued would you have been if you think you were fat, Jim, like a few years ago? I, I would be <laughs> like physically grey. I'd just be like, you know, have you ever seen that, like those blobfish when they take them out yeah. of the sea and they go all floppy because yeah. that's not their environment because of the pressure? I'd just be like that. And if that you want to see, like Thompson, if you want to see what that looks like, check out our social media because I'm being filmed right now. <laughs> <laughs> you see me? <laughs> anyway, Kate, they're anyway, games this the, weekend. The point to mention about the Manchester United against Chelsea Saturday 5.30 kickoff game is that Manchester United's girls per game ratio is actually over five. <laughs> so, really? yeah. Not, not all four, though. No. No, yeah, sadly. No, I'm no. very excited to see if Cavani starts because I think yeah, if Cavani too. starts, he'll score because Chelsea's defence being what it is, they'll go, ooh. Clean sheet, mate. Clean sheet not, in the Champions League. Not seen him before. Mm. Yeah. Don't your... know what to do. Don't yeah. know what to do. Back in your box. Do you remember that, that used to be the case back in the day where you one of the best things about watching the World Cup was you'd know nothing about a lot of the other players? Mm. And it's a bit of a shame now that everyone knows everyone. Yeah, everyone. and those those players would they would make names for themselves out of the World Cup. I suppose Hamas Hamas Rodriguez was a bit of that. He mm. was already known, but partly he, the grasshopper, though, wasn't it? Yeah, the grasshopper saved him. Now I wonder if they still hang out. Yeah, but, I reckon they do. Yeah, um, I don't think it's Cavani. Dead. I don't think Cavani will start because I think Kate. It probably is dead. To be fair, yeah. It's like when you what? see a dog in an old movie, and you go like that no. octopus. Yeah, yeah. The one who you know knew about all the scores. Um, have you seen? Speaking of dogs in movies, you know Toto in um, The Wizard of Oz. Definitely of course. dead. Oh yeah, made the third. Guys, everyone's dead in yeah. Wizard of Oz. But there's, there's an amazing, there's a famous synopsis of that film which I shared on my Instagram the other day. Where um, I guess someone who's writing the TV, have you seen it? Um, yeah. He's writing the film listings for a magazine or whatever, he's just got bored. And uh, <laughs> the synopsis for The Wizard of Oz is a woman is tra- a girl is transported to a fantasy land where she kills the first person she meets and then teams up with three more friends to kill again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that is lovely. Yeah, I don't uh, think Cavani will start the game because I think no. he's got problems with match fitness. I believe so. He might appear on from the bench, maybe. Yeah, of course. And and the thing about Cavani as well is that it's. I really hope that he does have a chance to to do well at United because I feel as though he has been a bit of a 
it's probably been overlooked how much of a servant he was for PSG because every time he nearly got the chance to be the kind of out-and-out striker, someone else would turn up, including, but not limited to, Neymar. And he would then still manage to score loads of goals, but kind of playing out of position. So it'd be quite cool if he could turn up and and do a job for United. Absolutely. I think even with... Even with Uruguay as well, you know, it, it was him and Suarez, wasn't it? Mm. So he's never really been seen as like the main man. But as a, I mean, obviously, people are making comparisons to Zlatan Ibrahimovic because he's joining from PSG and he's joining from quite, quite late. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's not necessarily going to go that way. But I, I, I hope he does well. It's, I like it when a player like this comes to the Premier League because it's like the league has got a new toy. You mm-hmm. know, it's like yeah, you thought it might be that we've missed the opportunity to see Cavani in England, but we're going to get him now. And there is this phenomenon seemingly where players strikers in particular are just good for longer now maybe mm. it's nutrition maybe it's just like modern fitness kind of he regimes, but... he's an amazing Nick he's yeah. always looked after himself he works his nuts off regular listeners to On The Continent will know that Andy Brassel waged a one man campaign for years to get him to Atletico Madrid because mm. he thinks he'd fit in very How's well how's that going oh, that yeah. campaign uh, he's at Man United now yeah, so. exactly. yeah. Edison not, Ad- not Andy um, <laughs> but I, I would I will stick my neck out here and say if a man of Edison Cavani's quality and experience cannot score in this absolute farmer's league this season, <laughs> then he has done the biggest talent blag in history. He will score goals. He will find it easy to score goals, even though he hasn't got the best Man United team around him because no one can defend. And Mate. he should be chomping at the bit to play this weekend because of all the teams that can't defend, Chelsea are certainly up there. How do people not learn on the Football Ramble? Did you not listen to the show the other day when Marcus and Jim were previewing... Uh... It was nil-nil, wasn't it? <laughs> We meant this it game. Screams goals. We meant this game. Screams goals. <laughs> I was, I was uh, sitting back thinking, yeah, they're still doing that, are they? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I look forward to Manchester United nil, Chelsea nil. Uh, well, yeah. it's also, it's also. Um, I was reading earlier that, um, well, I think it will probably be quite a good thing there won't be fans in the stadium because fans who would turn up in anticipation at Old Trafford to see uh, Edison Cavani might well be greeted with the uh, with the fact that um, Daniel James might start instead, yeah. which is a different proposition, very, shall we very say. Different. Don't want to be mean to Daniel James. That was quite mean. Because he can run very fast. And, and I important. find that impressive. Mm. But um, he's no Edison Cavani. Yeah, the, um, the Manchester United results were released earlier this week. The financial ones. Finance Is that what fans. they call them now? They just call them the real results. <laughs> the results yeah. AKA the real quiz. Here's our results. <laughs> Top of delight again. Mm. The football scores are yeah. as follows. Um, yeah, they lot 17 million down in terms of profit. So they're not very happy, but um, obviously it's all related to COVID. The point mm. they were making at the time, and they were sort of wouldn't be drawn about this European Super League and all that sort of stuff. Although they did say that their main, Edward Wood, of course, speaks to the investors and he said, you know, their main aim is to support lower leagues of football hmm. which I'm not sure it's their main aim yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm paraphrasing I doubt that's first on the agenda <laughs> that, is a, that is a brass neck <laughs> yeah that wasn't a direct quote can I just <laughs> okay, clarify right, okay. um, but the point being also that they mentioned their brilliant strategic decision not to sign effectively their brilliant strategic decision not to sign Jadon Sancho yeah. as meant <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying it's like Alan Partridge says the best thing I ever did was get kicked out by my wife yeah <laughs> I don't think it was that quite like that. Was that they're not, you know, not playing four D chess. They haven't lost as much money or as they could have done. Unlike old Chelsea, who've been signing players left, right, and centre. So you know. The haves and have-nots is the mm. subtitle to this game on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Very much the haves and haves. Yeah, the haves and haves. Um, I, I find the Chelsea situation quite curious as well, because although uh, they have been given a perhaps below-par reputation, chiefly by me, mm. they haven't actually lost a game for a while um, since they lost at home to Liverpool uh, a month or so ago. Yeah. So, Which is reasonable, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. To um, lose to Liverpool? Well, yeah. I don't know. Did you see what happened in that Villa game? Jesus. Yeah. No, but I mean, the, the, the results since have been... Reasonable, I guess the circumstances around them, like the conceding late goals quite a lot and, and just conceding goals generally. And your vendetta against Kepper, obviously. Uh, I think he's... Uh, when, Kepa, don't, start, don't start on Kepper again. Well, why'd you bring him up then? Yeah, because I know you're going to go in for him, so I was trying to circum- oh, circumvent so him. That's on him, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, he's the one person I've ever remembered that has waged a vendetta on himself. Mm. <laughs> oh, and but that's quite a goalkeeper thing, isn't it? Mendy started against Sevilla and they kept a clean sheet. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, okay. they'd, they'd, they'd scored 10 goals in the three Premier League games between before this, Chelsea. So, I'm like, Averts and, and Werner look to have, have clicked immediately um, for Chelsea, pretty much. And... I don't know. This um, this this is gonna be a good one. I think it's gonna be tasty. I think I think also Twan Zebi, who impressed mm. in midweek mm. uh, in his first start for a, for a decent while, he he could be um, 
he could be in a situation where he can take advantage of the difficulty that Man United have had at centre back and say, Do you know what, this is an opportunity for me. Because if you if you're a young player coming through at Manchester United. You know, it's it's. I mean, plenty of players have come through um, and not had a chance at all because they've come along at a time when there's better players in the position as them. Manchester United are a success, are and were a successful team. Twanzabi, who's now 22, spent some time out on loan, built experience up, looked very good. Didn't look out of out of his depth at all against PSG, who you know who weren't great but got to the Champions League final last season on a very good team. Could he take advantage of that situation? He's now got an opportunity in front of him and it's up to him to try and grasp it. Yeah. And if he starts again um, on Saturday tea time, maybe he could be just, you know, a, a piece of a jigsaw that could make him a, a better pitcher, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. Especially having had that loan with Villa that he had for, for a while, like the, his age profile and, and the opportunity in front of him now, it is, this is a good chance to get into the first team and stay in it, you know? Mm. And that's exactly what Solskjaer will be wanting from those players. So, yeah, it's a, good to uh, keep an eye on him in this game, I think. United then without by and Maguire. Uh, Frank Lampard says that Mendy is his number one. Mm. I mean, generally yeah, I and mean, specifically, I guess. A blind man could tell you that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. you meanie. Mm. Just you wait till Kepa gets his confidence back. He's I hope he does. Come after you. Yeah. I hope he does. I'll <laughs> happily, I'll happily uh, applaud it. I, I think he will. Well. But I can't imagine it being at Chelsea though. It's gonna, he's going to have to move, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like I know we've mentioned this before and probably recently, but it's just like the contrast between him refusing to come off oh, when yeah. Smokey Morris oh, tried yeah. to substitute him for Chelsea to now is absolutely yeah. unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. It's not even that long ago. No, it isn't. Let's crack on with another big one on Saturday: Liverpool against Sheffield United. That's the eight o'clock kickoff. Now, Liverpool actually have had, as we know, some pretty dodgy results. Uh, A draw, a loss and a draw in their last three in the Premier League, that is. Uh, But Sheffield United, bloody hell, what's happened to the glory days of of last (laughs) season? I know Chris Wilder has come out and said, look, this is not a big deal. What they had, they've had four losses and then a draw, the draw against Titans of the Premier League, Fulham. Mm. Um, they're 19th in this table. Again, I don't really agree with tables at this stage of the season, but well, you they, have to have them. They exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It exists. Yeah. It's not really. Otherwise, you get to December and like, where are we with it? I, I yeah. actually think you shouldn't be allowed to look at the table until December. I oh, know, but it should exist. So, <laughs> and maybe it should be, maybe it should <laughs> exist, but like it's not published anywhere. Yeah. But you have to work it out yourself. But now you're getting into yeah, like, you're gonna earn it. Now you're getting into like interpretations of quantum physics now because some interpretations yeah. of quantum physics say that things don't actually exist unless it's something to observe them. Yes. Yeah. So if you could keep the Premier League table in like a Schrodinger's cat type scenario until maybe Christmas Day, maybe Boxing does a little treat, yeah. and then you reveal it. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And I think that would be just. However, it does exist currently and currently in it, yeah. uh, pointless though it may be, um, Sheffield United, United are 19th. 19th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, at first glance, you would think that's not a great start for them. And it isn't. Um, and, and Chris Wilder has talked about them having perhaps a little bit of anxiety in front of goal because mm. I mean, maybe that's because the games are starting to stack up in which they're not scoring. But I think we should remember they didn't score that many last season and mm. they still did well. I mean, yeah, the, the highest position in over 40 years could... They were 39 goals for and 39 against last season. Mm. So around the goal a game. And they've conceded seven goals so far this season. Um, they shared the goals around last season as well. I don't think anyone scored more than six in all competitions. Mm. They brought Ryan Brewster in, who I don't care really what anyone says. That's a bit of a gamble. I mean, he cost a lot, of, a decent amount of money. He's only scored 11 senior goals in his entire career, I believe. And um, if that's going to upset the balance of them sharing the goals around then it could be a problem for them. But I think it's a little bit early to be worrying about them just yet. And, and another positive for them actually as well is they appear to have navigated the goalkeeping situation quite well. Aaron Rams has been playing well. He's made some good saves against Fulham. And that was a key position for them after what happened with Dean Henderson. So I think I would stop myself waxing lyrical about how much in trouble they are at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, I think save it. Keep yeah, it in the locker. Yeah, but you'd rather have points <laughs> and not have them at this stage, right? And and so there is also an element that, that other teams might be getting used to how they play because they play in quite an interesting way. Mm. Uh, and they've got some difficult games coming up because after Anfield, they've got uh, Manchester City yeah. at home and then Chelsea away. So, yeah, we'll know more about them in a few weeks' time, but I think it's a bit early yet. I think. Do you yeah. think as, as well, though, that they are one of the teams that, as we were talking about Burnley on, on the show the other day, they struggle without a crowd because they are oh. a team that are going to be sort of, in most games, they're going to be 
on paper and in theory, and certainly in the minds of their fans, kind of the underdogs. And you really, really need people to be geeing you up and, and cheering you on in a situation like that. And they, they've desperately, desperately got to get a win. They probably won't get it here against Liverpool. But like, yeah. I feel without that extra support, maybe it's harder to sort of raise yourself and focus and just be well, so, so committed. Because that's what, that's what got them through last season, wasn't it? That was what made them so tough to beat. And when you... When you're tough to beat, it's a platform to build on. If you start winning, you get into that habit and you, you start to really, yeah. really believe in yourself. But that we haven't seen any of that this season from them. I think Luke's point is a good one about the um, about the way that Sheffield United play as well, because obviously relentless discussion of their flying wing backs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But let's not also forget before um, we dig them. We're not really digging them out. No. Actually, we're being probably quite supportive, but yeah. they have got a hell of a lot of injuries at the moment, mm. including yeah. most recently John Fleck. Chris Wadda said it was some very specific damage to a small part of his back that was very unlucky. Lise Mousset has got a toe problem. He hasn't played this season. He, he's a source of goals, yeah. although as you say, they kind share of. them around. <laughs> some some goal. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, a, he's your archetypal streaky player, isn't he? I think if a goal went past his house, he looked at the window, he'd recognise it. <laughs> wouldn't he? Absolutely. Would you say that? Yeah, I think, well, he yeah. can't score them if he's not playing, Luke is yeah. my point. No, and um, sometimes when he is playing. <laughs> Jack O'Connell is out for the rest of the season. He's got to have knee surgery. Max Lowe got concussion in their last game at the weekend, that Fulham draw. So I, I don't know how long that keeps him out, but he he apparently had blurred vision and all that sort of yeah, stuff. So he a, needs to be um, looked after. There'll be a protocol involved, I expect. Um, going back to the crowd point that Jim was saying, it, it makes a really interesting point because I think it is multifaceted, this idea of no crowds at, at, at stadiums. And when I talked about a player going through on goal and perhaps finding it a little bit less of a pressure situation because there's no crowd, particularly away from home, you're absolutely right with your Sheffield United point, Jim. And I think I've, you've seen it down at Portsmouth as well. Like mm. It's a big part of the... Of the um, of the situation at Fratton Park, of course. And, you know, another example I would use, which makes it more interesting, I think, is the Spurs-West Ham game. So Spurs go 3-0 up in an absolute cruise and we all know what happened. You would wonder if that would actually be possible without a crowd kind of getting on top of Spurs, yeah, yeah. the away fans being quite vociferous and it becoming a bit of a cauldron. And you get into that situation, don't you, as football fans? And everyone listening will recognise what I'm saying here, where something's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. But that still seems to happen with no crowd. Yeah. So it's a multifaceted issue that we've not ever had to deal with before. And it seems to be manifesting itself in a number of different ways. Completely. I mean, a, a crowd being in front of you makes a huge, huge difference to just to your focus on things. I mean, you and I have done many live shows together, Luke. Like, you know how a crowd is going. You know, if like things oh, are yeah. sort of going... Mostly you know, badly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of jeering, a lot of booing. Some of my jokes demanding their money back. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. sort of thing. And I it can't does, believe that, mate. There is, <laughs> you, you ride that crest of adrenaline and you, it's not a choice. You simply do. And there's, there's no way that doesn't, that doesn't affect footballers in the same way as well. So if that kind of, if that almost like, like radar isn't there of, of, of how the atmosphere of a game is going, then you, you are, maybe you are going to switch off a bit more. Maybe you yeah. are less focused and less intense because you don't have a natural indicator around you mm. of, of what the tone of, of the situation is. And then maybe you switch off and maybe you concede three goals in seven minutes or whatever it was. Although against that, I'm, I'm a bit loath to be making these general, I mean, fun though it is to make broad generalisations constantly. Like, obviously the crowd impact is going to be different depending on what kind of a player you are and being able to read how the game is going you obviously have a feeling inside you of how the game is going and there's 12 12 there's 12 22 individuals there's 12 <laughs> only ever 12 that's the maths <laughs> I can do really well <laughs> I, I, maths, I took, just a number I took 11 <laughs> and I added one <laughs> I don't really know why um, but anyway there's 22 individuals um, all experiencing the game in their own way I guess and, and sometimes it's helpful not to have a read of what how the game is going because sometimes it's going shitly yeah. right um, can I just very make, it, make yes. a very quick point about Liverpool just to say that they've got some really difficult games coming up and since around February time um They've not really looked like the Liverpool that we got used to rating. I know it sounds mad because they won the league, but in the lack of intensity in their play uh, occasionally has been very, very worrying, I think. Mm. And um, one thing Sheffield United are is pretty intense. So it'll be a good match of styles yeah. to see how they can cope with it. Uh, they were the better team, in my view, against um, against Everton. Um, mm. but that didn't work out for them either. And they've got a big a big loss in the shape of Van Dijk too. So look, that, that that's an interesting game for a Saturday night, particularly when you take into account that Alisson won't be there again. Um, it'll be, and, and I think there's talk that Thiago might be doubtful as well. So 
Yeah, lots to take into account. I think as well the danger for Sheffield United is that Liverpool are angry, aren't they? They're quite openly angry about it. I know, they've got it in them to be angry about it, though. You not think? I think they are angry about Van Dijk, and I think they they need to channel that. Yeah. But I feel like they've won the league now, and it's such a release of emotion after so long. They're just chilling. It might be harming them. Bunch of chillers. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, that Thiago injury was off the Richarlison red card challenge, wasn't it? Is that right? Oh, I mean, that's what I thought. He's li- it might well be. I don't know. I haven't looked into the detail, but he's listed um, as doubtful. Yeah. And he didn't play against Ajax, did he? So. That's, that's what I thought. So, yeah, they've got a couple of injury problems, but hey, I don't. I think in the kind of all things being equal, I feel like Sheffield United can feel more injured. <laughs> <laughs> if it's that competition that we're having. All right, guys, we will be bringing you more preview chatter after this. Carlton Cole there with the soon-to-be Christmas number one. Yeah. Which I'm excited about. Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. Thanks for sending all your emails in. Do I mean that? Yeah, thanks for the player combinations. <laughs> Let's get to them, shall we? Just even a show at footballramble.com Right now, so I can't stop hearing my kids now after what they were talking mm. about yesterday. I don't hear it at all, actually. It's really? Like, it's that duck rabbit thing. Misheard lyrics. I think it's a deliberate nod to his secret family in, in the <laughs> Yeah. But then it's not. But the thing is, <laughs> he's talking about them reading out emails on this show. So they're not going to be secret very long, much longer if they come well, in here and read emails out, are they? You know as well as I do that he's a complicated man. That so is true. So it could mean anything. That is true. Um, some people have been in touch on Twitter. Remember that? Yeah. Um, do we need a separate Twitter jingle? I hope not. Because that, it's going to take all day, isn't it'll it? It'll take six How months do you to come. That? It'll cost a load of money and it'll be really long. So be careful what you wish for. So this is uh, from Charlie Davis, who may or may not be a man I went to school with. I should point out he's a man now. It was a boy at the time. Uh, it says simply, Basuma Lalana, what a wonderful phrase. It's hard to, hard to disagree with that, isn't it? Means, it, it, it Brighton fans might agree. It means no worries for the rest of your midfield. Yeah, the rest yeah. of your season. Yeah. Uh, Mark Styles has also been in touch and he says, I seemingly remember a great bit of commentary when Ben Foster made a save from a Diego Costa header from an Oscar cross that just went, Oscar to Costa, Foster! <laughs> Excellent. Very good. <laughs> a lot of the other ones we had sent quite in naughty. about this, we couldn't read them. Quite we naughty. literally yeah. couldn't read them. So yeah. think about it before you send them in because you're quite literally wasting your time and then mm. our time. Think about what is acceptable to put out on a podcast and what isn't. That would be my advice. It would be hard for people to judge, though, based on some of the things that we sometimes say. True. Yeah, that is true. We're I not would, really the, the moral arbiters of it, are we? I would wager. they might. It's nice that they, people feel like it's kind of a, a free-for-all. They do. Yeah. Oh, they definitely think that about the right <laughs> God knows why. There's also been an email coming from Fraser from Glasgow. Thank you, Fraser. Let's get on to this subject, I have to say, which we, I think we tweeted it out. The world's most extraordinary girl in the Europa League last night. Morning, Ramblers, says Fraser. Can we have a mention for the longest range goal ever scored in the Europa League? It was a throwback to the waterlogged pitches we've all played on as the heavens opened in the game between Rangers and Standard Liège. If the icing on the cake was Standard Liège's first defeat at home in Europe in six years, then the cherry on top of the icing on top of that soaking wet cake (laughs) (laughs) was Kamar Roof celebrating with the Anderlecht A sign in front of the Standard Liège fans and sparking a scrap at full time. Say what you like, but we all love to see it. Good day, I said. Good day. Now, there is some uh, debate about whether that actually is what he was doing, because apparently, I just read this and heard this, it's also his uh, kids' initials. A lot of players players do that, do the A song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been around for years. But it was was an L as well. Oh, was it? Okay. Um, So, I don't know. But anyway, he's... Does he think Anderlecht is too worse? (laughs) That'd be amazing if he does after playing for them. Oh, that's brilliant. You think they're called (laughs) Anderlecht? But yeah, let's... Can we just uh, wax lyrical over the goal a little bit? Because bloody hell. And also, what is... I mean, that pitch... Was yeah, grim. <laughs> if, if you've not seen this goal, check it out immediately. Um, it, it is absolutely brilliant. I mean, in terms of goals from behind or around the halfway line, you have to say this is up there with with any of them because he he like beats three men. Yeah, <laughs> to beat three men and score from any part of the pitch is amazing. But from the halfway line, 
Yeah. Absolutely staggering. Just brilliant. The execution of it was, was superb as well. And like that, you just, you love to see it. It's the archetypal, you love to see it. To the, and to the everyday man or woman on the street, Actually, kicking the ball that far is quite it's hard. Really hard. Yeah. But yeah. If you if you if, if you've got a spare five minutes this weekend, <laughs> take yourself to an unused football pitch. Was it fifty six yards? Which, well, by the way, the ones most of most of the amateur pitches will be smaller anyway. Yeah, but and I just tr- mean for this to uh, imitate. Oh, is that what it was? Fifty six yards. Yeah. Try and kick the ball fifty six yards. See how you get on. Email in. Let us know. Send a video. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Video. Yeah, yeah. And the goalkeeper, Stanley Edge goalkeeper. Did you see? He sort of he was like standing way out of his area, and that's why he kind of scampered back yeah. and couldn't get to it. Sorry, I'm just. Yeah. Imitating it. That's no, it's all right. From, it's very yeah. animated. And we're away from the mic. And uh, so then the minute it goes in, he sat down on the floor and like stretched out. Like, yeah. oh, I've got cramp. Oh, really? <laughs> I would have saved it. That's, I've yeah. got, I've That's got disgraceful. Cramp. Um, the, the, the regular listeners will know about Big Pav, the Ramble, legendary Ramble keeper, and the, world, <laughs> the world's most famous non league goalkeeper. He calls anyone lobbing a goalkeeper, in quotes, the ultimate disrespect. Yeah. It'll be the ultimate disrespect. So if he watched that last night, which I'm sure he did, he will say, that is the ultimate disrespect do that from that kind of distance. I sometimes wonder if Big Pav is a product of your no, imagination. No, Pav is very real. Yeah. That's we're all imagining yeah. it like we are And you Pete. are playing with fire saying that. Because <laughs> if your path should ever cross, this is a man who prides himself on being the loudest part of any room he's ever been in. That's what he says. That's his like, claim to fame. And that's Luke Moore saying that. <laughs> yeah, that's going from me. Yeah. Get him on. Yeah. Get him on the bloody no, camel. No, <laughs> Dangerous. Don't even need a mic. <laughs> We should do it as a choir next time. Mm. Now you're talking. That'd, that'd be, be nicer. But... Maybe we just chip in with our own names, yeah. like a, like like Band Aid. Yes, Live Aid. I imagine very. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it was both, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, email show at footballramble.com, please. We love to hear from you, especially on the subject of beautiful goals scored from ludicrous places. Mm. Also in the Europa League last night, Leicester and Arsenal were playing independently, but they will be playing each other on Sunday in the classic 7.15 kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy that actually yeah. as a function of the way yeah. all of these games are at random times. Yeah, um, yeah I, I hope they start introducing a sort of, you know, 11.32. When you think about it, why is it a zero or a five? It seems quite arbitrary. No, it's true. Well, time is arbitrary, Luke. Yeah, true. And it waits for no man or woman, Kate. <laughs> Quite. Let's get on with this. <laughs> Leicester uh, won 3 0 against Zaria Luhansk, Ukraine's Zaria Luhansk. Um, actually, first goal was against the run of play and pretty crappy, but nice for James Madison to get his yeah. first European goal. He sort of bumbled it around and finally into the goal, thanks yeah. to. Bit of hold up play from just his teammates. Sort of stabbed it in, didn't he? Like well, a, was it just a stab? A stab off, sounds yeah. like it's got a bit of impetus to it. It was more just like a scuff. Like it's more like it's like if you roll. could give a football a dead leg. I sort of what he did to it. Who was it? The guys were talking about yesterday. Is it a dead leg for about six months? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah. Sadio Mane, I Mane, think. Yeah, yeah. Not six months, a week or something. Yeah, we still. need a medical still. consultant. Anything longer than about ten minutes is a lot. <laughs> I've, I've, had a pro- I've had a proper dead leg. When they say dead leg, it's not like when you're walking home from school and someone gives you a dead arm. Yeah, but I've had a proper dead leg. No, don't do it. Oh, sorry, COVID. you've got rings on, and it's COVID. Um, when uh, when I um. When I played football once, I, I properly got a dead leg, and it was genuinely quite difficult to walk. Right, uh, and it, it does last for a wee while. So him, pl- I mean, as the guys were saying, he's wrapping it with ice. But for him playing with that, it's quite mm. impressive, actually. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what we're talking about. Well, I think we need a whole episode on that, frankly, because well, I'm anyway. absolutely baffled. Well, James Madison's been out of action for quite a while with a quite serious Chinese burn, hasn't he? So it's, um, <laughs> yeah. good for him to get back. Can you still call it a Chinese burn? No, probably not. No, no, no. Certainly not. No. Oh, but no. I don't know what you say instead. I want to talk about. Arsenal though because yeah, I let's thought they talk were about them. They were crap last I night. I thought they were actually quite poor. Yeah. They oh, were. good. Yeah. Yeah, they were all in agreement. Very uh, just pedestrian and a bit flat, and I think that has sometimes been a little bit of a product of what Mikel Arteta's doing. There's a, the, the phrase "trust in the process" keeps going around. I think he's he's concentrating on making Arsenal a bit more disciplined and a bit harder to beat. And unfortunately, in the short term, that means they're not always that good to watch. But you know. He's got to get rid of that headless chicken thing that Arsenal have had so, in in the midfield and the defence for a long time, where suddenly they just Arsenal something and it all goes all becomes chaotic and rubbish. And if 
if the payoff for that is, in the short term at least, Arsenal are a bit drab and a bit boring and a bit George Graham to watch even, I'll take that. So to just to, to let the guys know, just in case you weren't following very, very closely the Europa League action last night, it was the, the, a 2-1 win for Arsenal in Vienna against yeah. Rapid uh, Vienna. They, they travelled, obviously, to that game. Um, one of the many, could we say, cock-ups that you're probably glancing at is, well, David Luiz and... Yeah. Brent Leno, Leno. Yeah, yeah. Emmy Martinez's replacement, we could yeah. call him. Leno had, Leno had a very strange Odd game. He yeah. did. I think the the thing with obviously he kicked know, him in the face, huge, basically. Sorry, or like yeah. he kicked the ball at David Luiz's head. It was a bit. That was a bit mad. Uh, I think with with the first goal, uh, or with, with the, the goal Arsenal conceded from a um, Leno mistake. I would also go, a David Luiz mistake. Yeah, to be uh, fair, it was like a choppy back pass into yeah. him. Well, that exact that exact kind of vortex of chaos that I was talking about Arsenal trying to uh, trying to get rid of obviously mm. was in evidence there but a thing we've seen a lot of coaches say when this sort of thing happens because Edison had a little moment mm. against Porto didn't he and we're seeing it more and more often it is just it is just a facet of what happens when you play out from the back yeah. in that way and we've seen managers say look sometimes it looks really chaotic and it looks a bit calamitous and clownish and it looks like the team don't know what they're doing but actually the numbers seem to bear out that if yeah. you play like that you are going to concede the odd stupid goal but more often than not, you actually use possession a lot better and you will end up conceding less because of it. So I'm less, I'm not that worried about that that first mistake from Leno. Weirdly, I'm kind of less worried about the mistake that led to the goal than the one that nearly led to that a goal because that's goal, just yeah. poor communication between Leno and Louise who should know each other by But now. I guess they were just not, it seemed like such a non-trust moment. Like yes. Because it, it looked as though Louise, if we trusted him, had that under control, but Leno's like charging out to try and get a hold of it, and as a result, I think Louise changes his mind a lot, like halfway through things. Yeah, you know I mean, he wants to be a footballer or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do something else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, but can we not do this now, David? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like when Sol Campbell left the game at um, West Ham. I'm going to be a butcher. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, it, uh, the next day we certainly wanted to become an actor, uh, <laughs> as I remember it. But um, you were acting like a football player. Yeah. Yeah, um, not a very good one. <laughs> um, I, I think you're right about that back part, that passing out from the back thing. I think you're absolutely right that the top man just just see it as a cost of doing business. Mm. And I think it might have been Pep Guardiola, it might have been someone else, but it was a really interesting point at the time. And at the time, it was said it was quite a revolutionary point in terms of people's thinking, particularly how they cover the game in this country. Was that if we've got a goal kick, that's our possession. So why are we going to kick it long mm. and give ourselves a 50-50 chance of winning the ball mm. when we can pass it short with a, essentially a near 100% chance of having the ball and be in possession? Yeah. And then, the, then the, obviously the challenge is to move out the ball up the pitch. They absolutely just see it as a cost of doing business. And loads of people who cover football in this country just don't see that. They just mm. say, oh, just lump it, just lump it, just lump it. I made a point with Pickford a while back saying that, you know, yes, you, yes teams are, are instructed to pass out from the back and yes, it is an, you know, an inimitable part of their style. But it doesn't mean you, you don't kick the ball long when you're under serious pressure and the other option is yeah. to give away a goal. Exactly. That doesn't mean you're uh, you know, abandoning your style in that one second of decision-making. Mm. So there is a balance to be... The game hasn't gone. No, there's a, there's, a, there's a balance to be struck, isn't there? But um, again, I find this game very, very um, difficult to predict because Arsenal... Arteta is under the... Um, under the currently in the middle of changing the culture of a football club, as yes. we've talked about, and Leicester are very unpredictable. Mm. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and and you know Leicester are um, they they can be such a torrent going forward, but obviously Jamie Vardy not being uh, not being present is is a, is a huge boon for us. But then you know they, they play very very well um, in, in the Europa League, and they, they've got goals in them clearly. So yeah. I, uh, I I don't really know how to call this one. I think this is one of the sterner tests that Arsenal have faced so far this season. Um, and I wonder if they will actually try and just kind of clog up the game a little bit and and try and make it difficult for Leicester to play. Yeah, I think they will be better. Or let's, let's see, but I think they yeah. probably will be better than in that Europa League game. We should mention. David Luiz did, of course, score the equaliser, yeah. sticking his head on a lovely I don't know what free. that keeper was doing either, by the way. <laughs> like, towering Anthony Martial at the wrong end style header, wasn't people it? People have given yeah. up. People have given up. But a lovely um, free kick from Nicola Pepe um, for that. And then the winner, a good couple of substitutions from Mikel Arteta. Yeah. Aubameyang comes on, uses his pace to get in space in the box, smacks it home off the other 61st mm. minute sub. Hector Bayerin, Thomas Partey also made his full debut 
Okay, so um, on Rapid Vienna, shall I mention, they're currently second in the Austrian league with three wins so far. So a decent little outfit. Lask, who were beaten by Tottenham in fifth with just the two wins. 3-0 there. Gareth Bale started. I know that's not in the running order. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the other half of the group as well, Dundalk went up. 1-0 up against Mulder. They lost though. They yeah. did What lose. a great story to see them in the group stage. Oh, it's lovely. Yes, it is lovely, lovely stuff. Right. That's it for those yeah. little golden nuggets. <laughs> is that what they are? Yeah. You'll, decide. Yeah. You'll decide. It's now time for Betways 4 to score. Entry to Betways 4 to score is free. Each week, pick the first goal, score it in Betways 4 selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply. Okay, the four games this week. We start with Southampton v Everton, which is Sunday at 2 o'clock, and it's Marcus Speller's pick. Hi, girls. I am going to pick for my four to score for the uh, Southampton-Everton game on Sunday. Danny, Danny Ings, Danny, Danny Ings. You all thought I was going to choose an Evertonian, but no, I'm going to choose old Dingsy to score the opening goal in that match. Have a lovely weekend and listen to the old man. He's a charmer, isn't he? I feel seen. He's a charmer. Mm. Just me. Danny, he's addressing. Danny Ings is uh, his choice. Uh, game two is Wolves v Newcastle Sunday at 4.30. It's my pick. I am <laughs> contractually obliged to pick Raul Jimenez because if I don't, he will score the first goal. <laughs> Kate, you have got Arsenal v Leicester. It's a good way of making sure he doesn't score, isn't it, Luke? Nice one. Um, yes, I think off the back of watching those couple of games last night, I normally pick Aubameyang if I get Arsenal, but I'm going to go... With Harvey Barnes nice. for this one. He played so well. Mm. I think he deserves deserves to get some product, some end product off it. Good, OK, Harvey Barnes. By the way, Jeremy Vardy may well play in this game. I know you said right. that he, I think his list is doubtful, but he has, he has got a chance. But anyway, Harvey Barnes is, is your pick. Oh, Jim, bollocks. the last game of the um, of the week is Burnley v Spurs on Monday night. Who have you gone for? I have gone for Son Heung-min because he just cannot seem to stop scoring, can he? And he and Kane have been just sort of devastating up front yeah. together. And I think it's going to be probably one of those two. But I think uh, Son's pace uh, will be... Uh, explosive as it normally is so yeah I think Son Heung-min an outstanding pick by an outstanding man of an outstanding player uh, Danny Ings Raul Jimenez Harvey Barnes Son Heung-min are our four picks for base 4 to score make sure your selections are submitted before the first game further T's and C's apply you must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly uh, for more information on that head to begambleaware.org that is Betway's 4 to score alright now it's time for this One of those games is quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. Yeah, it's Luke's game. Can, and, we, can uh, we celebrate my win in Forza School, please, just briefly? What, what, did you did you have a winner last week? Yes. Who was and it? And we just totally like under the radar. I forgot did. about it. I forgot. Bloody human son. That's why Jim Campbell has nicked my nicked my pick. <laughs> we're now officially stolen my we're now, different game. We're now officially so. in the Luke's game section, so you're overruled. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is time for Luke's game, and I'm delighted. To, for, for everyone listening to, to let you know that we've got the lineal champion back in the studio yes. and it's not yeah. Jim Cowan but it's Kate Mason yeah. it's late disgracing he's <laughs> back, in the, back in, the, in the chair and Jim you've got a chance if you've got fire in your belly and your mm. head in the freezer you've got a chance of taking this lineal title from Mace how do you feel? I've got coffee in my belly and my head in the oven um, <laughs> Take it out of the oven, yeah. Jim. That's yeah. not, not going to work. Get your head out of the oven, Jim. It's not the place for it. Um, first player up. It's best of five. I give you a player. You auction for how many teams they've um, they've played for. You can name. Jim is the challenger. So, the so he goes Jim, first. Jim does right. go first. Cool. Um, he's played for 10 clubs, this first player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need you to tell me how many you can name. It's Emmanuel Adebayor. Emmanuel Adebayor. <laughs> That's okay. what I see what you did there. That's fun. What? Nothing. Yeah, shut up, Kate. <laughs> Mind games. Jim is traditionally a very defensive player. For those who don't know the game very well, Jim has got a good track record in this game, but he plays very defensively usually. When he used mm. to go up against Marcus in the past, Marcus would normally be super aggressive, Jim would be defensive. And it kind of worked for you, Jim, didn't yeah, it, your it defensive did. tactic? Because so, you haven't played much this season, have he you? He hasn't. No. What are you going to go for for your opening bid? Does it matter? I, I think I'm going to go for six. Six. He's played for a lot of clubs, hasn't he? Had yes, he's played for ten, as you've played heard. for ten. Well, yeah. quite, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you're going to go six. Yes. Can you go seven? Why would I go seven? No, no go yeah. for it. All right, Jim. Okay. So That's one at a time, stop. please. I'm, I'm actually going to bring this out for the first time in a while. 
I don't think you have the facilities for that. <laughs> because that is a very bold Mind opening games. bid. All right. He's got his laptop open, I should point out, actually. Yeah, so have you, Kate. Yeah, but I'm, I've got to read the running order. <laughs> One player at a time, please, Jim. Six that Emmanuel Adebayor has played for. Monaco. Oh, cocky. Correct. Arsenal, of course. Correct. Um, Spurs. Correct. Manchester City. That's also correct. That's four. Real Madrid. That's five. Now, this is the one I'm <laughs> a little bit... And you should be, mate, because I don't think you've got it. Yeah, of course you don't. Um... <laughs> this isn't a very defensive start. For Crystal Palace. He's done it. That's six. That is one nil to Jim Campbell. Well played, Jim. So there's that a, is a there's big a, start. I, I wasn't sure who the Turkish team was. I was thinking, was it Trab? So, so he played for or no, He's played for a couple of Turkish teams. Um, I'll go. I run through his career in order. He started at Mets, went to Monaco, Arsenal, Man City, Real Madrid on loan, Spurs, Crystal Palace, Istanbul, Basak Shahir, um, Kayserispor. He also played for, and he played for Olympia. Olympia. Oh. I, th- I think are in. I think they might be in Greece, but I'm not entirely sure. Glad um, I went for Palace. Next up, second place, one nil to Jim. Good to opening start. This next player has played for eight clubs, and it's Kate first. He's currently still playing. Hmm. It's Phil Bardsley. Eight clubs. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? It's a crazy number. Like some of these players, when they come up in the algorithm, you think I play for three, eight. Mm. He's played for. When did you devise that algorithm, first of all? It doesn't matter. Not important. I didn't know you were so good at um, computer science. Your weekly reminder, Kate Mason, that a quick game is a good game. Eight clubs for Phil Barsley, please. Jim, what are you thinking on this one? Tough one, easy one? This is a tough one, yeah. Yeah? Because there's a lot of grey areas. Clubs (laughs) you think he might have played for. Famously um, punched Wayne Rooney in the face. Yeah. Didn't he, did he knock him out? It certainly looked like he did from the video. And then, and then Wayne Rooney did a celebration mocking that situation, didn't he? Do you remember? That's right, yeah. Yeah, did a little kind of punch, 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 and then fell over. It's actually yeah. a very good celebration. Well I think, choreographed. I, I think I've only got like three. Three. Okay, Jim, three. can you go four? Uh, Kate's bid three. Can I see four from you? Um, Exciting this. One nil up. Chance to be the leader. Look at his camp. face. Why is he doing such like a serious, knowledgeable face? It's very actually very just like. Dis- very... He sniffs an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he looks like he he's like uh, one of no, those bloodhounds. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make Mason go for it. Three. Yeah. Just three for you, please, Kate. One at a time. The three clubs, three of the eight clubs that the great Phil Barsley's played for. Great servant, by the way. I've only, great player. I've only really got two. We'll go go two then. All right. Do your two to start with. Burnley. Yeah, Burnley now, of course, yeah. Sheffield, United. Yes. Random shout by you, mm. that correct though? Uh, oh God, what is wrong with me? But almost certainly you've got Sheffield United because he must have played in some kind of League Cup fixture against Spurs. Yeah, yeah. But it's um, a good guess. One more to go. Shit, I'm, 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 my head is in the bin. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the right place for it. You have to hurry now. I'm oh, going to call God. you wrong. I'm going to call you out. I've, got, I've, I've got, I've drawn a complete blank. Bossy. Bastardly. <laughs> as they're, they're known when people play against them. Yeah, yeah, I'll just have to... Go on. City? Man City. Mm. Incorrect. Started at Manchester United, so you were yeah. close. Fuck. That's how he knows Rooney, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, fuck! 2-0 yeah. to Jim Campbell. Ah! Man United's flying up the swear table. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is, actually. She's quite at the bottom of that. Yeah. And those who know her would see that as absolute nonsense. <laughs> uh, Manchester United's race started. Royal Antwerp, Burnley, Rangers, Aston Villa, Sheffield United. Burnley Rangers? Are you kidding me? Stoke and Burnley again. Um, so that's 2-0 to Jim Campbell. Jim, you're first this time. This guy's mm-hmm. played for seven clubs. He's still playing again. Uh, sorry, not still playing again. He's still playing now. Um, seven clubs in total. Uh, Curtis Davis. Curtis Davis. Oh, this is for the win, by the way, Jim. Yeah. Chance me to press this button. I don't think I've ever pressed before. Ooh. Exciting. Going places you've never been. Yeah. I think I can do quite well on this. I've got a strategy. Mind games? Mm. Yeah, I have actually. Strategy didn't work for you last time. Yeah, it was a no, shit strategy didn't. last time. Well, it was not a strategy. I just confused two Manchester clubs. And I, if I don't get pelters for that, I don't. there's yeah. no justice. Yeah. The show has to end at some point, Jim. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Seven clubs in total, mate. I'm going to need to push be. you for a number now. I'm, just, I'm going to go for two. Two. Kate, can you do three? Yeah, I'm going to go three. Can you do four? No. 
Okay, three for you, please, Too Kate. Quick as involved, you can now. Because... I, sorry, yeah. So my strategy... There are, there are people listening to this show. Oh, remember shit. That. Right. Um, so my strategy is to go with... Lo- I think it's just very Midlands-y. Mm. So I'm just going to yeah. go with Midlands clubs that I know of. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, well, Derby is where he is. He plays for Derby at the moment, so yeah. that's correct. Okay. Um, Midlands club... Um, so Villa. Correct. Um, Get this one wrong. <laughs> If you get this one wrong, Jim's taking your title. Is that an instruction? Yeah. Um, Birmingham. Correct. Two ah, one. See, I wasn't sure about Birmingham. That was that was. I thought he had played there. I, I remember bet the it's loads, isn't it? It's like West Brom as well. He was out. Right. Was he? So it's that all. That so interestingly, area. he's from East London originally, from Leytonstone. He started his career at Luton Town, and oh, then he went yeah. to West Brom, Aston Villa, Leicester, Birmingham, Hull, and Derby. So yeah, mm. it's a good tactic. It's two one. Um, Kate, you're first this time to make it to all, perhaps. Um, he's played only played for four clubs in total, and he holds the record for the most own goals in the Premier League. <laughs> it's Richard Dunn, <laughs> and that, I think that's right. He certainly was at some point, but he's played for four clubs. He's definitely played for four clubs. I think he holds the record for the most own goals scored in the Premier League. Kate, you're first to make it to four all. Take diffi- us to a decider. Four is difficult, isn't it, mm. Luke? Really, because you, I think, I, well, I have. None of them are difficult for me. Yes, so you're looking at the information. Yeah, I'm looking at the answer. <laughs> like so the people easy. at home who think it's easy. Um, I'm just two. Two. Jim, you go three for Richard Dunn? Nah. Dickie Dunn? Nah. I don't know three. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know three football clubs, Jim? No. Come on. <laughs> All right, okay, then. I've got a few. Two. Two that Richard that's Dunn's co- played that's for. That's cool. I reckon I can do that. Well, you're good. You can do now. <laughs> um, City. Played City for ten years. Um, Everton. Start this career, Everton. Ah, oh, well two, done. Two. Well done. Everton, Man City, Aston Villa, and Queens. The disingenuous Park tone of Jim Campbell mm. celebrating, right. yeah. celebrating I mean, yeah, my I, I return have, from. I, I wouldn't have remembered that he played there. In fact, if I ever knew, yeah. um, <laughs> I would have guessed all. Sunderland. I think, but I'm pretty sure he didn't That's, play there. Yeah, There's a, this, no, he didn't. I've just told you he played for Aston Villa and, Qu- mm. and QPR. Um, Listen to your colleague. Two all. <laughs> two all. You're first for the final player mm-hmm. to take the take the title. It comes oh, down I don't to like this. this at all. He's also only played for four clubs. This is not going to be very popular, but this is what the algorithm threw up. Okay, <laughs> Jim, you get a chance to go first on naming as many as you can of the four clubs that Emmanuel Petit has played for. And this will be embarrassing if you can't do this because um, he's a great, well-known player. Yeah, an amazing career. Uh, I'm going to go three. Three. Mm. Can you go four? He's left you. He's left the window ajar. There. Are you going to climb in and rob his stuff? No. Jim. For the title. Shit. For, for me to be able to go, and the new. He's going to win. He's going to win. Oh, no. What the hell is wrong with you? Champion of Luke's game. No, mm-hmm. go for it. Go for it, Jim. No, well, made, I don't think you know. You've made your bid. Fine. You've, made, you've refused to make a bid. Sorry. Jim's made his bid. I'm now going to ask him to execute this bid of three clubs that Emmanuel Petit's played for, for the title. Barcelona. That's correct. I only spent a season there, though, weirdly. Oh, no. Chelsea. Well done, mate. And for the title, and because North London is red, Kate Mason, <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> Jim Campbell wins! Flawless victory. Well, Jim, flawless victory, not quite. Well played, uh, Jim. I appreciate Pete putting that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Making a lot of assumptions. He thought it never had to be used, that's why. <laughs> why does he get flawless victory? <laughs> I'm jealous. There you go, Jim. Well played, a new champion. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Well done, Jim. I'm really happy for you. Well done, my man. You stole my forward to score pick. You stole my crown. <laughs> I should just say, of course, that his other club, the fourth club that we haven't mentioned, was Monaco. Kate, you were a champion for a long while, though, so good for you. Held the title for what? You're a good champion. You're a great ambassador for the game. Yeah, I should have never come back on a Friday. I was no. forced into you it, should, actually. You, I, I you should have just go... never come back. <laughs> oh, harsh. On that note, well, let's, <laughs> let's see if I do, shall we? Let's, we're going to get out of here with, with friends like these. Um, yes. All right. Let's go. Thank you for spending a lovely time right, up until that end bit uh, with me. I am disgruntled. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway, everybody. Say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye, lineal champion. Yeah, see you later. Jim, you you should have the last word. Yes. (laughs) Bye, everybody. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.